Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What I would just tell fans, and I've told a lot of fans, I see a lot of fans, I talk to them a lot when I walk around the street. You know, the fact is that this is going to be, you know, another journey toward a great team. You know, I think from the pitching side, there's a lot to be excited about. You know, I think they saw some steps forward from a lot of different guys. And then from the defensive side, you know, I think they've got some guys that can definitely play solid defense. And obviously, you know, with Bellinger. You know, there's not much selling about Wrigley Field. It sells itself. The organization sells itself. Dansby coming on board. Bringing a championship to this city was just what we have felt called to do. Let's just enjoy the process again and, and let's get back on top. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score, and what a delight to talk to Tom Ricketts, the Cubs chairman, joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline, Signature Bank making commercial banking personal. Tom, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well. We're doing great, and it is fantastic that uh, that the convention is back. It's going to be uh, a ton of fun at the Sheridan this weekend, and the fans get to come back out, and they get to see some new players and a new team, and uh, and you'll be talking to them as well, Tom. It's uh, it's wonderful to have a little uh, normalcy return to our lives. Yeah, no kidding. I, you know, I love convention weekend. Uh, it, it's just a lot of fun for everybody. Uh, you know, a lot of people bring their families in from out of town. They stay at the hotel. Uh, they get autographs. They get to see players on panels. Um, you know, we'll be talking to the, the, the assembled group in the morning, and then I'll be wandering around throughout the weekend. And it's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. And we have a great turnout. Almost all of our players will be there. A lot of uh, our past players, all of our Hall of Famers, and uh, a lot of our prospects are coming in too. So it'll be a it'll be a great weekend. And the Ricketts family panel returns. You get a chance to face the audience, Tom. I know that was over the past couple of years something you said pulled poorly and you didn't have it and you didn't want it and maybe the fan reaction was something you couldn't count on. What are you expecting and why did you bring it back? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, uh, you know, we, we did it as kind of a meet-the-family thing years ago. And after a while, it, it kind of became something that was kind of the same every year. So, it uh, you know, we, we get the fan surveys back, and they thought that wasn't the most exciting panel. So we dropped it. But if people want it back, I'm happy to talk to anyone. I mean, as you guys know, I'm as available as, uh, as, as uh, any owner in sports. And um, happy to do it tomorrow. We'll talk a little about where we see the organization going. Uh, Laura will be up there with me for a bit talking about where Cubs Charities is going. And um, so we'll uh, we'll just see what people want to hear. It's uh, but happy to do it. 
Yeah, it, it's always it's always fun, and um, you know the fans are great. So you get you get some surprise questions and you get some crazy questions, but uh, it, you know, and every once in a while, someone has a complaint about a ticket, which I always found amusing. You gotta you gotta let everybody know. Hey, there's other places to get that done. But I'm curious, Tom, how has this been for you? You know. Famously, you met your wife at Wrigley. You were a fan before an owner. What what has it been like going through the last couple of years? And do you feel like you've kind of gotten through the tunnel a little bit here? Yeah, um, obviously the last couple of years have, have been more difficult. I mean, particularly given that it was just time to move on from the players that we all watched for so many years and um, and really got to know and and really loved, you know, and and so, um, you know, it, it was a tough, it was a tough realization that that was what we had to do next to build the next great Cubs team. Um, but I also, during that same period of time, know that we're, you know, we're following kind of a playbook that worked for us before. So I always had confidence that, that Jed would be able to get the, get the team back on top of our division. And um, so I believed in the process, and and I believe in Jed and everything he's done, and uh, and all that. But it's still tough. It's tough to lose games. It's tough to lose players that um, that, that you like. And so um, the good news, I mean, the really good news about it is those those years have um, have been really you know time well spent. We have a, a farm system that's uh, toward the top of the league again. And if you look at the last 15 World Series winners. They all had top farm systems in the in the couple of years before they won the World Series. So we knew that was a prerequisite to, to getting a next great Cub team going. Um, and now we have a lot of depth in the farm system. And um, and now going into this year, uh, we're kind of back on offense, adding to adding pieces to the to the major league club that should you know put us back in contention for our division. And you wrote a letter to season ticket holders. Uh, at the end of the season, I think it was in October, you promised they would be active in free agency. Jed Hoyer termed it intelligent spending. That would be the approach. How important was it, Tom, for you to make a statement, for the Cubs to, uh, I guess, remind people that they were in a big market and they were a big market team that was going to act like one in this offseason and you were going to be as aggressive as you turn out to be? Um, Well, I I think it's important. I mean, you you do have to – I mean – I, I mean, I see it from a fan perspective. I mean, you want to know going into the season that your team is all in and they're competing for the competing for the division, and that's and um, and that's the message we wanted to make sure people got this off season. Uh, you know, we did have a lot of uh, financial resources that that you know Jed thought probably would be better spent this year than last year. Um, so so he, you know he did he did reserve a little bit to make sure that we could put a little extra into this season. And um, I think that was the right thing to do, but um, but now you know we're in a good position. We you know we'll be uh, we haven't finished we haven't finished our uh, our off season yet, but you know we'll um, we'll be back among the top spenders and near CBT levels and and uh, you know and, and you know putting a lot of a lot of the cash that we have on the field, but without doing it in a way that we think will hurt us in the long run. Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting to watch this team being built. And, you know, I don't know if you were um, aware of it or not, but, man, we were hearing from so many people that if they didn't get a shortstop, you know, <laughs> Dancy Swanson, obviously, Dansby's on board and he'll be at the convention. And, and, you know, the guy looks the part of a hero, for God's sake. 
but but I mean that was almost a relief to people that that you got that one done. That's a big big deal, and uh, a lot of people thrilled about it. Yeah, it was. It's a good. It's obviously a, it's a great signing for us. It, it really solidifies middle infield. And one thing, if you know, and um, you know, Jed can talk to this better than I can, but like defense is going to matter more. You know, we're uh, you know we're seeing the shift go away in Major League Baseball this year. So second base is going to be a premium defensive position, just like it was when we were kids, right? And um, <laughs> you know, to be able to move Nico over to second, where he's a, a Gold Glove caliber, if you know, maybe a Platinum Glove caliber type second baseman, and of course Swanson won the Gold Glove last year at short. Um, I think that's really going to be a, a, a great cornerstone for, for our team for years to come. And, and um, the other thing about Swanson, like, you know, you know, when you're adding free agents, when you're adding to a young team, the, uh, you know, the character and the quality of the player is very important. And, um, and across the board, Swanson is known as one of the higher character players in the game. And that's going to be very important. And on top of that, when we looked at the free agent shortstops that were available, it, it was it was our opinion that he was the one most likely to stay at shortstop. Um, just a, you know, obviously a very athletic guy, great great defensive player, uh, good offensive player as well. But we thought that you know the kind of you know the, he would be a guy that we could keep it short for a long time, and and really build around. So um, he was the person we wanted in the off season, and we're just really glad that uh, we got it done. And then of course there's a lot of other additions on the team that are going to be really uh, helpful as well. Tommy, talk about approaching the competitive balance tax threshold, and I think it's interesting. Curious about your perspective out in New York. Mets owner Steve Cohen is committing about a half a billion dollars to next year's team alone, and I just wonder overall, we asked the question rhetorically, is this good for baseball? Is it bad for baseball? I think fans love that activity, but from your perspective, how much pressure does that put on a guy like you to in a big market when the fans are looking at what's going on with the Mets to respond in kind and to be a little bit more aggressive than maybe you would be comfortable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh it's an interesting thing that's happening uh, with the Mets, but you know, I, I, I really can't, I don't really want to focus on what other teams are doing. Um, I don't, I don't know what their strategy is or how, how they're financing their, their, their player decisions. Um, I think for us, we just know that, we, we have to just do what we know how to do and let's, let's build a team from the ground up because that's how championships are won. And um, if there's other teams that are, uh, you know, spending in a way that, that we don't, um, that we don't understand, then we just have to let them do it and let it all be settled on the field. Tom, um, to that end, you know, revenue streams, et cetera, how is the, the, the sports book project going and how will that, aid to in terms of uh, revenue and more money for players payroll etc um yeah the sports book will help uh you know we get a sponsorship from DraftKings for that so that those are dollars that are basically put back on the field so it's helpful um that'll be open this spring it'll be it'll be really cool um not to have you guys up there but the um uh you know uh, on the on the business side things are pretty solid um you know, I think we're, uh, we're we're pretty steady on that front, and and uh, we'll have the resources to give to Jed when um, you know you know to help keep a great team on the field. Along the same lines, the Marquee Sports Network will have its fourth season already. 
of Cubs baseball beginning in March, and I believe that they're do- televising every single aspect of this Cub convention. You're probably on the air right now, Tom, uh, because there's so uh, wall-to-wall coverage. Let's look at that, though. The ratings have been down the last couple of years in a row. Maybe that's related to the team struggling as well. I just wonder, at the beginning of this, based on where you wanted it to be and how its effect on the overall um, you know, bottom line, how would you describe the Marquee Sports Network journey to this point? Oh, it, it's, it's been an absolute home run. Um, I think if you look at it from a uh, financial perspective, it has been very successful. Um, you know, the, if, you, if you look at what's happening with regional sports networks in general around the league, uh, they're under a lot of stress. Um, you know, people are cutting the cable, you know, cutting their cable cord, and, and they're not uh, – the, the sports networks aren't, aren't as stable as they once were, whereas – We've been very successful in, in, in getting ours financially stable and helping us in a lot of ways. Um, and it's, it's been a success from that point. But, but more importantly to me, like, it's just been great to be able to manage all of our own programming. You know, we do a lot of specials. We've won, uh, you know, we've won a lot of uh, you know, Emmys for everything we've done. We can put more money into game day production. And um, I, I think that Mike McCarthy and the team over at, at Marquee have done an incredible job. And if you're a Cub fan, you've got to love the channel. Like it just, it's bringing you uh, not only our games, but you know, you know, whip around in the minor leagues, and uh, you know, and Kerry Wood twenty strikeout game. You know, all this, all this different stuff, all this stuff or stuff that we couldn't do when we had a lot of partners in our in our TV station. So um, it's been a great success. Uh, we're really excited about it uh, going forward. It'll be fun to have convention on the air live for the for the whole weekend. And uh, it's just, uh, I think it's just been uh, everything we hoped it would be. Yeah, I mean, it's hysterical in a way, Tom, because I think it was at the convention where they got, where the Marquee Network got booed and you were like stunned by that and asked, what do you have against the Marquee Network? It's a very famous drop. You haven't even started yet and you're booing. Yeah. I, think, I think people perceived that there was some kind of uh, extra cost to it or something. I don't know, but like, um, uh, I, I don't know where that came from. But I don't, I don't think anyone who's, uh, you know, a hardcore Cub fan will be boost Marquee now. The only complaints I've ever got about Marquee is I get emails from people all over the country saying, why can't I get it? And I'm like, well, these are MLB blackout rules and things I can't, I can't work around for the most part. But, but uh, it's been a huge success. And, and you did point out ratings were a little lower. You know, when the team isn't winning, ratings are very sensitive to that. So um, hopefully this year we'll get off to a fast start. Ratings will pop back to some of our uh, historical levels. And, um, and obviously our game day production is terrific. Boog does a great job. Um, you know, all the different different former players we have come through the booth do a great job. It's, it's just a great production. And so um, I think, uh, you know, we need to get the, the product on the field up to the quality of the product in the booth. And, and we'll have uh, another great year at Marquee. Also at the convention this weekend, Tom, I think the Cubs are going to introduce two new members of the Cubs Hall of Fame. Also, we'll bring attention and celebrate Pat Hughes, who's going into the Cooperstown Baseball mm. Hall of Fame. Mitch Rosen already has the weekend of July 23rd planned here at the score. We're proud of him. We know that certainly the Cubs organization is proud of Pat. What does something like that do to the organization, and what plans do you have to celebrate Pat Hughes throughout the 2023 season? Well, uh, I mean, first of all, there's never been a more deserving member of the Hall of Fame on the broadcast side than Pat, the consummate professional, uh, been doing our, you know, you know, I don't know how many times been Illinois sportscaster of the year, uh, but 
Uh, Pat is just the best, and we're very, very happy for him, and it's very deserving. Um, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll celebrate a few things throughout the season, and then we'll be strong in Cooperstown this summer. Uh, we always uh, do it right for our Hall of Fame inductees, and uh, we're looking forward to doing everything we can, uh, everything we can do to host Pat and his family out there and make it a really special weekend. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, you guys always handle things with class, and it, I w- it was interesting to hear uh, Jameson Tyon talk about the fact that the Cubs were the only team that sent someone out to talk to him in person when they were recruiting him, and and we talked to Jed about it, and Jed had COVID at the time and couldn't make the trip, otherwise he would have gone too. But but those touches end up really helping with player procurement, with the with sort of the you know the the impression you leave with people, so that if they're not coming this time, they'll come the next time, whatever it might be. It's a it's a really um, it's a good way of doing business, and I know you're behind that. Well, you know these you know the free agents they're they're obviously they're players and they're and they're doing it for money but but um you know they they they're people too you know and they they want to know that if if they sign somewhere that that organization is going to appreciate them and and they want to know where they fit in that organization people want to come in as comfortable as possible to a new situation and i think our guys have always done a very nice job of making uh certain free agents feel wanted and appreciated and and um and I think it's uh, it's really a you know credit to Jed and and even and Theo before him like they were always very good at um, finding the guys they wanted and making sure the guys that they wanted knew that they were wanted here and um, so uh, I'm glad Jameson feels that way and uh, and uh, you know and, and hopefully all the other guys coming in this year are pretty excited too. Tom, I've been curious about this for a while from a local perspective and and yesterday the Bears naming Kevin Warren the team president brings it into focus. But it's a compliment to say what you've done at Wrigley Field, what you've done at Clark and Addison, Gallagher Way, to the way that has been be- its own mini entertainment district is something I think other teams could model. So as the Bears eye Arlington Heights as a potential new home, I know you have a relationship with George McCaskey, huge Cub fan, and I don't know if you know Kevin Warren at all, but have you discussed with them any parallels between the two situations? Do you look forward to those kind of conversations, and do you have thoughts on it? Um, yeah, we're happy to help give them any uh, any type of insights or advice that, that they would want. I think they have a lot to sort out before they get to that stage. I think uh, I, I sent George a note yesterday. I think he picked up a great team president, and um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. And uh, hopefully they'll um, they'll get that situation into into um, into order. And uh, we'll be happy to give them any type of insight we have. Tom, I'm curious, what does success look like this year to you in terms of the performance on the field? What do you anticipate? Are you are you in the division? Are you are you going to win it? Do you have to get to the play? How do you view it? Well, obviously, we're going in looking to, to make a playoff spot. Um, I think uh, the difficulty in that is there's a lot of good teams in the National League. So maybe our best answer is to try to win our division. Uh, because I, I, you know, if you look at what's happening in the NL East, there's some teams that are really built built for speed right now. Teams that are really on top, you know, a couple hundred win wild card type teams maybe out there. But um, but really, you know, for us, uh, you know, we've we've really solidified. We've improved our offense. We've really we've got excellent defense. We have a lot of pitching depth, like uh, like we probably have never had here in terms of starting pitchers that we can use. 
And every day we're just going to give Rossi as many as many pieces and parts as as we can. Let him and Andy Green and the analytics staff put together the the best lineup for the day, and um, hopefully we get off to a pretty solid start. And you know, try to stay at the top of our division all year. If uh, things are going well in July, look to look to add a player or two to keep us on top. And I'm looking forward to getting back to the playoffs. That's that's the goal. Whether it was saying goodbye to a member of the 2016 team like Wilson Contreras, who was a great Cub, or getting involved in the negotiation with Dansby Swanson, who is now a future and present Cub, that was an expensive investment, obviously. What was your role? How, how much was your involvement? I, I'm always curious to know when you step in, if you step in, in terms of these decisions and discussions. Well, yeah, I, I talk to Jed pretty much every day. So I always have a pretty good feel for where um, where he and and the baseball guys are at on a on a particular player or a particular decision. Um, with respect to direct contact with players, I'm always available. Um, you know, sometimes it's uh, there have been times where I'll go out to dinner with a potential free agent, uh, but uh, but this time I mean I didn't I didn't meet Dansby until after we signed him. Um, so uh, you just try to be available and supportive. And if they think it's helpful to get on a plane to go see a guy, I've done that in the past. If, if they don't think it's necessary or if the process is moving too quickly for, for that kind of meeting, then, then I just stay back and let Jed know how I can help. Quick uh, non-baseball question, Tom, before we let you go. I love the concerts at Wrigley. Saw Chris Stapleton there last summer. A lot of rumors about this. Can you confirm Bruce Springsteen, Wrigley Field, any new concerts, any ones you're looking forward to more than others? You know, I'm not sure which ones are 100% signed, to be honest. Uh, we'll have a good concert series this weekend, uh, this summer, as we always do. I love the concerts as much as anybody, so uh, I feel like uh, I can go to Wrigley and I'm not really working that day. I can just kind of relax <laughs> and have a beer and watch watch a show. But, like, um, we'll get that out. We'll get scheduled out as soon as we can, but I'm not 100% on uh, who's all signed and, and who's just in negotiations right now. Sounds like you're going to announce it at the fan convention. Sounds like that's that might it. be the that's surprise. My only conclusion. The boss is coming? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the boss will let you know. Hey, uh, Tom, thanks a ton. Great catching up with you. Have a great weekend, a great season. We're, we're looking forward to it all. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. I'm sure we'll see you soon. Take care. That is Tom Ricketts. He is the chairman of the Cubs and uh, the, the boss. That's the rumor. Yeah. Kind of curious to see if that's going to happen. Also, he did just say he did not meet Dansby Swanson until after they signed him. Yeah, that's what he said. That's I find that interesting. I, I wonder. I thought, I thought he'd uh, stake out the wedding. <laughs> I thought he might be invited. I I love to do that. Just appear as a guest at a wedding. <laughs> the wedding crashers. That was modeled yeah, after there you. you go. Thank yeah. you, buddy. It's Molly and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. 
Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, going into this year, uh, we're kind of back on offense, adding to adding pieces to the to the major league club that should you know put us back in contention for our division. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score that was Tom Ricketts. We just had a chance to talk to Tom, and uh, and it was fun. And uh, and he will be on the Marquee Network tomorrow. If you can't get out to the convention, if you don't go to the Sheridan, and you should, it's a beautiful hotel. And uh, and the convention's always fun. Um, the the Ricketts family session is tomorrow morning, and it will be on Marquee. Now you've got other things to do. You've got to make sure you watch the Manchester Derby. I believe that's at six thirty a.m. Wow! And then that leads you right into David and Bruce, and then you can meanwhile record anything you're missing on the Marquee. Yeah, of course, do it all. Jameson Tyone nine thirty. Looking forward to that conversation tomorrow on Inside the Clubhouse. Tom Ricketts was very good there. What I like about it, Mully, as much as anything, and he was pretty open with some of the questions we asked him. I thought that was great. But he established a goal for 2023, something that, frankly, the last two years coming out of the mouth of the Cubs chairman, the Cubs president, the Cubs manager might have sounded absurd. But he said that the playoffs are the goal, and they believe they have a playoff team here. Now, there are different ways of getting into the playoffs. You don't have to win the division. You don't have to be better than the Cardinals. Just get in, baby. That's the Phillies' motto. How did how, that work for them? Pretty good. I, I think that, no, I'm not saying uh, maybe maybe you want to extrapolate that and they'll come back and haunt me. Yeah. I'm not saying the Cubs are going to be the Phillies. I do like that in January the chairman of the team can say that they have playoff aspirations and you have to look at the roster and say, oh, okay, I can see this. If, but let's listen to a more complete answer than that. Let's well, listen. obviously, we're going in looking to, to make a playoff spot. Um, I think uh, the difficulty in that is there's a lot of good teams in the National League. So maybe our best answer is try to win our division. Uh, because I, I, you know, if you look at what's happening in the NL East, there's some teams that are really built, built for speed right now, teams that are really on top, you know, a couple hundred win wild card type teams maybe out there. But, um, but really, you know, for us, uh, you know, we've, we've really solidified. We've improved our offense. We've really I mean, we've got excellent defense. We have a lot of pitching depth, like, uh, like we probably have never had here in terms of starting pitchers that we can use. And every day we're just going to give Rossi as many, as many pieces and parts as, as we can. Let him and Andy Green and the analytics staff put together the, the best lineup for the day. And um, hopefully we get off to a pretty solid start and, you know, try to stay at the top of our division all year. If uh, things are going well in July, look to look to add a player or two to keep us on top, and I'm looking forward to getting back to the playoffs. That's that's the goal. That's pretty good. That's a good goal to have, and and I think you should have that goal on both sides of town. I think you should have that goal pretty much in every season that you play. Right? I mean, I get it. There are some seasons where you understand that's not going to be possible, where you're just kind of retooling. They didn't use the word rebuild that Well, often. in Chicago, you should have but, that goal every year. Well, you would hope. If you're sitting there in Pittsburgh, you're not going to. Kansas City, maybe not. I understand why teams who are not in large markets might have to take a couple seasons and rebuild and be out 
on the outside looking in. But if you're the Cubs and you have all of the resources at their disposal and you're from Carter Hawkins to Jed Hoyer to Tom Ricketts, you should be looking at every year as an opportunity to get to the postseason. The Phillies, 87 victories last year. The Cardinals, they won 93 and won the division. It will actually be easier to get in as a wild card team, theoretically. But if they want to win the division, they can hope for that too. It's just going to be, I think, more difficult. The Cardinals are very good, and they got better with Wilson Contreras. Right, right. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting. I I just love to, you know, you know what you love to open a season with? Ambition. And I think Tom is right about the defense improving dramatically. I think they'll be a better defensive team, uh, and that's important with the ban on the shift. Here's the thing that I'm I'm looking for that I don't see yet, and that is power. I don't see them, you know, I, I see them as a very good defensive team, yes, but I don't see them as a team with a ton of power. And Dustin, you're uh, – your uh, podcast would underscore that. I believe you've talked about that idea. It, it is uncertain where the power is coming from. They need from a bat. Potato. They need yes. a dangerous bat that you fear and you want to pitch around yes. and you can't avoid. And they the don't world have does, that right by now. the way. Everyone needs a bat. Yeah, everyone needs that. But I think what the Cubs did in the offseason was productive, but they still likely lack that real dangerous hitter in the middle of the order because you could go in very various configurations and Dansby Swanson could – for the batting order, he could bat second, he could mm-hmm. bat third, he could bat fifth, he could bat a lot of different places. And you don't want it to be – flexibility is great, but you'd love to have a guy that has to bat third or fourth. I, I I saw that Nick Madrigal's name was trending on Twitter. I don't know if that was yesterday the day before. It was a couple of days ago I was checking, and, it, and I was like, oh, wow, did the Cubs cha- trade Nick Madrigal? I wonder if the Sox were involved. And then I looked at it. Someone had released their – a proposed starting lineup and or their their proposed batting order and they had Madrigal leading off as a DH and that, that's why yeah. it was trending maybe so really? because that was a proposal by one of the uh, marquee uh sports networks twitter feeds and he was at the top of a uh, proposed batting order in an in a, in a, in a it was just disappointing day lineup. Yeah. i thought there was news well the the, the Sox would you know, they if they want to have a conversation about Nick Madrigal, they could do worse than that because they don't have that position they filled right Josh now. Harrison. They could do Josh Harrison. As we talked about this morning. I also thought it was interesting that Tom Ricketts revealed that Dansby Swanson, when asked about the four shortstops, was the one that would not be moving from shortstop yes. if they signed him. And so that suggests that they considered, if they considered, and I think they said they would, all four, Trey Turner was going to move. Xander Bogarts was going to move, well, and Carlos Correa was going to move. Maybe eventually, Carlos Correa. Maybe were all those players going to be either mainly because he's got such a bad uh, ankle. That's <laughs> just a joke. The guy's going to be fine. He signed a seven-year deal, right? Six years, two hundred million. What was it? Six, yeah, six years, two hundred million dollars. But it, it just speaks to the confidence they also have in Nico Horner. Had they not signed Danby Swanson. They're very comparable defensively, but Nico Horner was so much better defensively than maybe the other three options that they would not want to move him under those circumstances. So if you're going to lean into defense, then that is a consistent thought. It just surprised me when you're talking about the level of commitment it would have taken to get those three other shortstops. They were going to get those three other shortstops based on what we just heard and make them into either third or second baseman. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I um, I, I would imagine third baseman, right? I mean, I don't think Trey Turner. Trey Turner might have been a second baseman guy. He's he's more the the size, but I think it's a moot point now. Dansby Swanson is going to impress everybody he comes across this weekend. He is the guy that is perfect for this time, uh, for this team, first family of Chicago sports, for this network. Marquee Sports Network is going to be have a tremendous job. He should, uh, you know, they, yeah, he's he's married to um, his wife is it plays for the Red Stars. That's a reality show waiting to happen. There you go. There's programming. There's programming, yeah. Mike McCarthy. That's that's why you'll like. You're welcome. Baby. Yeah, there you go. Easy. <laughs> All right, we've uh, we've got so much more. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Going to get to your calls. It's Mully and Hall on the score. When we looked at the free agent shortstops that were available, it, it was it was our opinion that he was the one most likely to stay at shortstop. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score that is the voice of Tom Ricketts talking about uh, Dansby Swanson, and um, very interesting that, that he put it that way. I think he means career wise, right? I mean, I think he means, you know. Correa, I, I think all those guys are going to be shortstops in the short term, but eventually they'll probably move to a different position. I but thought you meant like when he, if they came to the Cubs. Oh, well, maybe that's or what with he meant. the Cubs because they were in on all four of them. I mean, they they did their right. due diligence. That was they had to look at the shortstop market much the way that Ryan Poles has to look at the the quarterback market in the draft. You you have to consider pursuing all of them because you have the resources. I don't think they got very far with Trey Turner. I don't know how far they got with Bogarts. They were mentioned in a couple reports. They did explore Carlos Correa, and they ended up with Dansby Swanson, who they some people would want you to believe was some people's first choice all along just because of the defense. But it gives them strength up the middle defensively. Tucker Barnhart, Nico, and Swanson – at second and short, and then Cody Bellinger in center field. If this team is able to fulfill the expectations of getting to the postseason that Tom Rick has just expressed, it'll be because of pitching and defense more than anything. Yeah, I, I would say that's accurate. I would think that um, that they should be pretty good. I, I think Tom is right in terms of the depth they'll have because they had so many young guys. Uh, that they used last year, and they've got so many options that we haven't even talked about. Is Edward Elzelay back? Well, if I mean, he if Edward Elzelay yeah, is healthy, he yeah. he is going to be in the mix. But where he's probably the eighth starter right. that you would look at because you've got. Okay, let's start with out of respect, Kyle Hendricks. Don't know where he is health wise. We'll find out more about that later today. I think when we hear from Jed Hoyer, he's going to be on the afternoon show on Parkinson Spiegel live from the convention. Okay, yeah, Hendricks, Stroman. Tyone. Those are three veterans. Drew Smiley signed for another tour. That's four, Mully, before you even get to the young guys. Then you've got Justin Steele. You've got Keegan Thompson. You've got Hayden Wisniewski. I'm at seven. Adbert Alzali. That's eight. So what about Caleb Killian, who made his debut last year? Kind of shaky, went back down, but he's promising. That's nine. <laughs> I'm just saying when you talk about the pitching depth that they are clinging to, that they're going to ride back into the playoff contention spot and that it's going to be hopefully that kind of season with the Cubs. It's because of those arms and because of the blend of experienced guys with up-and-comers. Yeah, I, I don't argue that. It'll be a very interesting combination of players. And um, 
frankly, um, I I really am looking forward to talking baseball. I'm looking forward to getting into the season a little bit because even though the Blackhawks are on a nice little modest winning streak, that's spoiling their season more than helping it. And uh, and the Bulls, I don't know what to make of them. The next seven games are going to tell the story, in my opinion. If mm-hmm. they can, if they can get on a little bit of a roll and take get care over five hundred, yep. yes, then maybe they got a future. But I uh, I don't know what to expect from them. I don't know what to expect tonight, let alone over the weekend, let alone over this stretch of seven games against uh, losing teams. Well, they're bringing back the Cub convention. Obviously, there, there are COVID-related reasons why they haven't had it yes. in, in, in years. But this also was the first time in the last couple years, specifically, that you would want to celebrate anything or anticipate any season. Because the last two, frankly, those were slogs. Now, last year ended well. The momentum from the second half, they were you know, they were 39-31. and 31. They finished... September with reasons to think that the arrow was pointing up. That kind of optimism carried into free agency. It could justify going after guys like Dansby Swanson, Jameson Tyone. But now you've got to continue it. And now you go into baseball season and you feel excited about the Cubs prospects. And if you're the Sox, despite the disappointment, you alluded to it before the break. They've got to go into this season thinking they can win the division. They've got to feel that way. And if they don't, I don't know why they wouldn't, because even though the Guardians, with due respect, are the defending champs, you're the Sox, and you look at if you can stay healthy and do a few things differently in terms of playing with some energy and some commitment and intensity, then you're going to be a different team. You can win the AL Central. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. I I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think think both the Cubs and the White Sox – it's not like they have – I mean, more so the Sox. It's not like they have an overpowering division. Um, you know, the Cardinals are always a problem. But I don't know where the Brewers are. They kind of fell apart at the end of the year. I don't know what to expect out of the rest of the division. And nobody really scares you, right? No. Cubs should be have improved as much as anyone. Well, but the White Sox, you know, who knows? I mean, is Minnesota – are they just warming up? Are they going to spend money now? Are they going to try to get something else? Are they going to make a move uh, to add to to getting Correa back? I don't know, but that's not a good turn of events. They looked like they were going to be pretty mediocre, and uh, and now Correa coming back changes the way you look at them. Um, I, I I hope but, the but Sox it, should be good. They but, should be, Molly, but, because you know, it, David, they should have been a lot better last year. And I know that that's going to prevent a lot of the. Uh, expectations from from being voiced loudly. And I think that you do want to temper that enthusiasm because you just were burnt as a Sox fan. As we do in the offseason, on paper, on paper, when you look at the Sox talent and their pitching, and you look at the Twins, you look at the Guardians. Now, maybe the Guardians, you can make the argument, but the Sox on paper have a pretty deep team and have some pretty proven pitchers and guys that you could justify investing some hope in and thinking that this is a team that could win the division. The only thing you're counting on with the White Sox, the biggest move they've made, really, I mean, it was nice they got Ben Attendee because it means they're not just going to play a bunch of uh, of DHs, first baseman in the outfield. But I think that the one thing they're relying upon is that a change in administration, changing out the manager, 
will lead you to a guy that knows they have to have energy 24-7. They got to bring it every night. And when he talks about the White Sox from his perspective, uh, it was you never knew which team was showing up. You didn't know if they were going to be game or not. When they wanted to play, they were good, and most times they were mediocre. And that that is about as damning a comment as you can make about a team. So you're hoping that the change in manager will mean a change in approach, a change in energy, a change in the, the performance of guys that didn't perform very well to begin with. Results. That's it. You want results. You want the rhetoric to lead to change in results, and that's what Pedro Grafola is here to do. And you've got I to hope, hope it's that, that easy. That's well, all I'm saying. Well, I, it's not going to be that easy. No. It's going to be uh, something that he is on the spot. Here's what's interesting, too, is that because Pedro Grafola were putting all of that, or a lot of that on him and his ability to reach players that maybe were difficult to reach for Tony La Russa, on the other side of town, you heard Tom Ricketts have – the confidence that they have in David Ross, who did finish the season very well, this 39-31 with that roster. Now you've given him a little bit more talent. Now you've gotten a little bit deeper of a rotation. There's so much confidence in the managers in town here heading into this baseball season. It's certainly not unprecedented, but it has been a while since there's been that much belief or maybe that much invested in terms of the manager's Maybe it is belief. I think Sox fans want to believe that Pedro Grafola is going to have an impact, and Cub fans do largely believe that David Ross does have an impact in a positive way. Yeah. I mean, I, I have said this to you before. Um, when you look at where both these teams are, I don't know who's closer. And that's more of a, you know, the Sox should be because they had better talent but they haven't they haven't gotten enough out of the talent they have whether it's injuries whether it's you know frail I don't know what it could be but they just haven't been able to get the most out of the talent they have so when I look at that team who am I looking at who's on the field who's going to be the players that carry everything you know the guy they had that was always ready, always responded, always was uh, day in, day out, didn't matter. He's gone. So, uh, you know, and, health, I, and I understand why. How about this? Health, intensity, talent, and smarts. There's your, there's your, there's your South Side Hits principle. Oh H-I-T-S. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> we had somebody yesterday, did you see that, after the, after the Bulls lost that game, that wanted, talk, wanted to talk about the Bulls hit principle. The, bull, the Bulls hits principle, but they, they played it as one word. Yeah, I, I, I did see that. I yeah. remember that, yeah. yeah. The, the Bulls have some of their own issues. Yes. But I think to answer your question, and I don't think it was put in these terms, but to me, the Sox are closer to being better than the Guardians than the Cubs are to being better than the Cardinals. I think a lot of it depends on your division. And you look at the rosters, and I, I think that's, I hope a, you're that's right. a safe statement I hope, to make. I, I, hope th- I hope you're right. I hope the I hope um, they are motivated to play well. 312-644-6767. We're going to get back to talking about uh, the Bears and where they're at and what bringing in Kevin Warren means to the Chicago Bears, how he will fit in, the the role he'll play, and what you need from from a, 
a team president. We're going to talk to Howard Griffith. He, of course, 11 years in the NFL, won a couple Super Bowls, and uh, I think single-handedly put Terrell Davis in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No, he helped, though. And uh, Howard's a great guy, local guy, made good, uh, Big Ten Network uh, uh, in uh, analyst, uh, analyst in uh, in game analyst, etc. We'll talk to Howard about that next. Mully and Haw on the score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.